You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. Hornets play against the Pistons tonight, so we've got a game, Piston or Piz Not. We're going to play that at the beginning of the show. Also have another game, Jams and Jellies. I like to call it by its pure plural form, Jam and Jelly. And also there is a new fast food restaurant affiliated with the Spectrum Center. Bye-bye Bojangles. Hello, something else. Talk about that. That's what they call a tease in the the business. Tease, yeah, baby. Tease me, Amadeus. Yeah, (laughs) you'll have to join us in the third segment to catch what fast food restaurant is now selling some things in the Spectrum Center. It's going to be a meaty segment. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And the show handle at Locked On Hornets. Are we just going to knock this out first? The Piston or the Piznot? Hornets play tonight. It's the last preseason game. By the way, Doug, real quickly... Just to update you on the Southeast standings within the preseason. Oh, please. The Hornets, they've got to they've win this game in order to try to at least finish within the first three teams of the Southeast standings because right now Washington's sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Charlotte's at 1-3. and three. Good news for Charlotte, though. They're not going to finish last at 0-3, oh but really when they lost that last game, it was a must win because they're not going to be able to at least even get second place. Miami's undefeated, so it's it's been downhill for the preseason standings it doesn't look like they're going to make the preseason playoffs the rare preseason must win mm-hmm. in danger of not making the preseason playoffs oh man i just can't wait for that third segment i can't wait to check it out all right piston or piz not am i playing or are you playing uh well uh, you're playing because i made the list so i made this list okay. because i'm doing the research for the show last night and I'm looking over the Pistons roster, and the Pistons have really retooled a lot of what they were trying to do. Now, mm-hmm. um, I people keep trying to tell me that the Detroit Pistons made the playoffs last year. I don't believe it. I only think there were three teams in the NBA playoffs last season. I don't remember the Pistons playing a single playoff game, but I do know that the Detroit Pistons have had a similar problem to the Charlotte Hornets the past couple of seasons, and that they really want to win. Like, they really want to go further in the playoffs and challenge for an Eastern Conference championship. And, you know, a lot of their organization believes that they've got the pieces to do it, but they just haven't been able to put it all together and uh, get over the hump. So this year they're trying again. They're not tanking. They're not getting rid of Blake Griffin. They're doubling down. And uh, so I want to do a game of Piston or Piz Not. I've got a list of <laughs> pi- I've got a list of players here. And you have to tell me, are they a current Detroit Piston or are they Piznot? And we'll start with the easy one. I kind of just gave it away. Blake Griffin, is he a Piston or a Piznot? I'm going to go with he is a Piston. That's correct. He is still, Blake Griffin, still a Piston. And according to Jeff Van Gundy on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast, Blake Griffin is all that the Pistons need to really get to the playoffs. Like he's that good. And, and if he stays healthy, he had some health issues last year. Uh, that kept, that really kind of kept the Pistons capped and their ability to go any further in the playoffs, although I don't believe they made the playoffs. Anyway, next one, Stanley Johnston, Piston or Piznot? I'm going to go with the Piznot. He is Piznot. That's surprising, right? Stanley Johnson not in a Pistons uniform anymore, did not work out with the Pistons. 
Well, it was the project trade, right? It was Thon Maker or Thon McCare getting traded for Stanley Johnson. It was the, here, you take my problem, I'll take your problem, and we'll see if we can fix it on a different roster. Yeah, they didn't care about Stanley Johnson anymore, so they traded him. Um, the, the thing that you just look at that whole kind of grouping there, Stanley Johnson goes to the Pistons, the Hornets select Frank Kaminsky, and then Justice Winslow goes to the Miami Heat. Uh, kind of a tough slate of draft picks there. Really nothing around that slate of players really worked out for, I mean, Justice Winslow is still a piece for the Miami say, Winslow's Heat. Winslow's pretty good. But, I, like, I, mean, like, I mean, pretty good. I mean, the way that Heat coveted him, you would have thought he was the you know second coming of Michael Jordan. Well, the Celtics, I don't know if you know, they the Celtics really wanted Justice Winslow. They were willing to move up in part with, uh, I think, 17 first-round picks. Tobias Harris, Piston or Piz Not? Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris, Piston or Piz Not? I'm going to go Piz Not. He is also, man, you're good at this. Do you yeah, like do no, this for a living? Yeah. Do you t- know Tobias where Harris. these players play? Where does, where does he play now, Mr. Smart I, Guy? I had to think about it, but I'm pretty sure that he went back to the Orlando Magic in the offseason. That off is incorrect. So pissed on. That is oh, incorrect. What? He, he doesn't play for the Magic? He does not play for the Magic. Now he plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, that's right. Their Philly, big, I forgot. It's one of their big pieces. They really need him to play well offensively this season right. because that whole team is just kind of iffy offensively right now. That the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers are built to be an elite defense. Questions about the offense. Can Tobias Harris help fix that? Uh, we'll I really do, thought we'll, he and Vooch were going to kill it this year. We'll do, we'll do one more. Derrick Rose, Piston, or Piz Not? Derrick Rose has never played for the Pistons before. It, it, it's a Piz Not. He's a Timberwolf. That's incorrect. He's actually a Detroit Pistons. <laughs> oh, mind blown. We, that's it? That's all we're going to go with? Uh, wait, do you want to do a lightning round real quick? Yeah, let's all go. All right, here we go. Ish Smith, Piston, or Piz Not? Piz not. That's correct. Langston Galloway, piston or piz not? Uh, piston. That's correct. Joe Johnson, piston or piz not? Piston. That's correct. Reggie Jackson, piston or piz not? He's a Yankee. What, what piston. Is, yes, that's correct. Oh, I get it. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> there you go. Mr. Uh, October. I don't Jackson. do baseball. You, I don't do baseball, you man. You weren't clear. He's we don't do that Yankee baseball here. Um, no, yeah, so Joe Johnson, another kind of veteran acquisition. So the Pistons really betting on veteran leadership. Uh, I wonder how many of these veterans play in this final. I think it's the Pistons' final preseason game as well. Certainly it's the Hornets. I wonder how many of the Hornets' veterans. The Hornets have been really lucky injury-wise. I, I would, I, if, I were, if I were this team, I'd back it down a little bit, maybe give the, give the veterans a, a few minutes to get things together. But I don't want to roll the dice here. Uh, by the way, speaking of veterans with the Hornets, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I do know Marvin Williams was downgraded to questionable, and now he's uh, he's downgraded to doubtful from questionable, I believe. So I don't think Marvin Williams is going to play tonight. It certainly looks that it's trending that way. But Cody Martin was upgraded to questionable. I think I have that right. No, he was I, upgraded to probable. Probable. Okay, thank you. So Cody Martin was upgraded. Marvin Williams was downgraded. I would love to see a lot of minutes for Cody Martin tonight if he's able to play. I would love to see a lot of minutes for Caleb Martin, who I did not think played very well in in their last preseason game against the Memphis Grizzlies. He gave up up a really silly backcourt violation, like inbounding it into the backcourt, sort of old college rules, not understanding that you cannot do that in, in the NBA. Uh, so some adjustment there for Caleb Martin, but I didn't think he played all that well. I just loved it. If you have not played well this preseason and you know who you are, 
Then I want to see big oh. minutes. I want to see big minutes for you. And if you have played well so far in the preseason, I want to see few minutes for you because the Hornets, the last thing the Hornets need are injuries this season, especially to the young players. Perhaps they're mentioned in our jelly segment. In a second, jams and jellies, it seems like they might be. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Uh, Again, that's locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's two words, at manscaped.com. We'll talk about jams and jellies because we do that entirely too much on this show. It's the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want me back you. on the show, baby. I got you, Doug. You want me back you, on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So what were you saying last segment that if you haven't played well, you want to see him play well tonight and you want to see him play a lot of minutes. And if you have played well, you don't really care about seeing them play a lot of minutes. Is that what you said you want to see in this final preseason contest? That's right. It's like me in school. Like I built up a I was a nerd for my first two years of high school and a nerd for my first two years of college. But then my last two years of high school, I, w- I party hardied. And then in my last two years of college, I party hardied because I'd built up a GPA cushion. And I knew mm-hmm. that I could I could just kind of let let loose a little bit, unbuckle, not unbuckle the belt, but maybe just loosen the belt. You don't want to. Well, that yeah, I mean, I guess you could unbuckle it too, depending on. Well, how you have hard to. Well, yeah, so you have to unbuckle the belt in order to loosen it, but you don't leave it unbuckled. That would be creepy. But I. Well, again, how hard are you partying? I don't know. I mean, you tell us. It okay. Seems like you did uh, a pretty good amount the last two years. Well, so but that's the thing. But I had built up. I had done my work already, and I feel like there are several Hornets that have done their work already. We know that Terry Rozier is ready to go for this season. I feel like I'm confident in. Uh, I'm confident in, the, in Dwayne Bacon. I could see him playing. You know, some some significant minutes in this one because he's had an up and down uh, shooting uh, uh, performance in this preseason. But I'm I'm confident in what Dwayne Bacon can do. But there are a few players that I would love. Uh, to see have a good game against the Detroit Pistons to feel a bit more confident and for them to feel a bit more confident as they head into the regular season. I want to see Miles Bridges have a takeover game. I think that's what I want to see more oh, than anything. Man. Not only, not just it? even if, if he plays well, then good. Of course. I mean, if, if he plays well, then fine. You go into the regular season, at least having that one preseason game to hang your hat on. But I want to see him take over. I want to see the basketball in his hands. I want to see exactly. I want to see him have a, a high usage rate tonight. I want to see him take another step to at least showcase, hey, I've kind of got this in my arsenal. I have that ability because we saw it at Michigan State. Of course, it's a way different level, and I don't know if he can ever be a guy that just takes over, but I would at least like for him to take over in a preseason game. It doesn't matter. At least him get some opportunities because Looked like a little too much for him at times out there this preseason. Hasn't been great this preseason, and I would like to see more so of a takeover game from him because we got it in the summer league, right, Doug? I mean, we got to see Dwayne Bacon have a takeover game. We got to see Miles Bridges. I think it was the first contest. I think they both played really well in that one, and that's exactly what you want to see. I want to see Miles Bridges as a guy who's a first-round pick that played pretty well last year. It's one of the few bright spots uh, towards the future with this team. And so I would like to see Miles Bridges have a lot on his plate 
and take care of a lot of it. That's what I want to see tonight against the Pistons. Number one thing. I'll throw some numbers your way for Miles Bridges so far in this preseason, averaging 27 minutes per game, 8.5 points per game on 36.4% shooting from the field and 16.7% from beyond the arc. That stands in stark contrast to his preseason debut, an NBA debut last season where he shot 55.6% from the field and 47.4% from three. That got everyone excited. But in that first season, you saw Bridges uh, kind of try to find a role on that on that veteran-laden team, on that playoff trajectory team, and, and really settle into a role of, of corner three-point shooter, athletic rebounder, break starter, and now he's got a completely different role in that he's being asked to do a lot more with the basketball. I would love to see them run some plays with Terry Rozier or Dwayne Bacon that actually look to deliver the ball to Miles Bridges and get him involved a little bit more where he's – I just think he needs to get comfortable. Before before we're ready to say, all right, Miles, you know, create something in the half court. I know that's the long-term goal, but I just – he looks uncomfortable offensively right now. And I think the coaching staff and I think Terry Rozier – have to work to get him a few more opportunities where he can be successful offensively. But right now, trays and lays. That's the whole offensive strategy, not only for the Charlotte Hornets, but the NBA. And right now, he's not hitting three-point shots, and he's not finishing around the rim. Got to get some better opportunities for Miles Bridges. And then he has to execute. Well, I want to see, and I wonder about Miles Bridges ever being that guy. I mean, I think that's the one question you have. I would like to see it a little bit because we know the Hornets have kind of gone the safe route the last couple of years with Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. And so if you think that they have a little bit of a higher ceiling, guys that can maybe create for themselves, then I would like to see that showcase itself a little bit in the second season, at the beginning of the second season. It doesn't mean that he can't ever do it if he doesn't do it tonight against the Pistons. It's just something that I would like to see heading into the regular season. I almost think of Nick Batum, right? All right, Nick Batum was a different kind of role player with the Portland Trailblazers. He plays one year with the Charlotte Hornets at age 27 and actually has a pretty good year. It's the highest usage rate that he's ever had, 21.4% in his first ever year with the Hornets. And then, of course, he gets paid all that money. And then you realize, uh uh-oh, we paid a guy to maybe have a better season doing that than he ever would the rest of his NBA career, where he's actually shooting pretty well. Just when you give somebody more responsibility, like Nick Batum was given more responsibility, and they just can't answer the bell. I hope that doesn't happen with Miles Bridges this season. Difference is that they're crazy. It's a crazy different contrast in age. Miles Bridges still beginning his NBA career. Nick Batum at that point was at age 27. So it's a big contrast, but just another example of someone having a lot more on their plate and then probably becoming a little bit worse basketball player. They were good in one role, not good in another role of taking a lot more responsibility. No, I totally agree with you. I think that he is one player among a couple of players this season who have been activated by Coach James Borrego and and given the green light to do certain things that either they didn't have the green light to do in previous seasons or uh, they didn't really give themselves the green light to do those things. I think Miles Bridges is one of those players. I think uh, Devontae Graham, we've seen him, as Coach Borrego has said, get out of his comfort zone and try to create, manufacture some offense. You got to have guys on this team that can find some offense, like dig it out, you know, find some coins in the in the couch cushions uh, of of this Hornets offense because 
Uh, it's going to be a struggle to score points for this team this season, and so you want to see signs that these players can do that. Another player that's been activated, Cody Zeller. I mean, how many times have we seen so far this preseason Cody Zeller drive the basketball from the three-point line and either uh, most of the time he's turning it over if he's passing it, but, you know, hopefully that gets better, or looking for points for himself. Uh, That's just not something we saw in years past because it normally would be dribble handoff to Kimba Walker or pick-and-roll situation for Kimba Walker and so on and so forth. So players are going to be in different roles. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're probably going to play uncomfortable. At a certain point, you have to be okay with that and understand that there's long-term growth plans for a lot of these players. But certainly, gosh, I mean, you'd love to see Miles Bridges have a good, just one good game to hang his hat on before he starts the regular season. One of the weird, most frequent arguments that Doug, you and I have, that I've had with Nada, it seems to be a very frequent argument that we have here on the show that people on Twitter have even gotten involved with. It's our arguments about jelly and the flavor of different jelly. And then we had the conversation of whether you can really use jams and jellies, whether really people use that as the plural form, uh, whether jams are better than jellies and jam better than and jelly better than jam, vice versa. So now we have a game because we talk about it so frequently. We have a game now called Jams and Jellies. Doug, I believe, now I don't agree with this, but you're the producer, so you make the content. You have deemed jams better than jellies, and now you are going to equate jams to good things that you've seen this preseason and jellies Two bad things that you've seen this preseason. What do you have in our first ever edition of Jams and Jellies for us? Well, let me just tell you, the difference between a jam and a jelly, uh, first of all, they, they are they are different. They have different consistencies. Can I take a, a shot ma- at it before you tell us? Sure, go ahead. I would say that jams have more preservatives, right? Preserves, I should say. Well, and preserve jelly. is a different – see, you're already wrong. A pr- preserve is actually a different thing than a jelly or a jam. It's uh, to me, preserves are right in the middle. So if I don't, if I don't, if I don't say you're a jam or a jelly, then you're probably a preserve. You're just kind of you're just doing your thing right now. Preserves just do yeah. their thing. Jams easier to spread. They're a thick spread made from fruit juice, chopped, crushed, or pureed fruit. And here's the ticket: sugar. A little sweeter than a jelly, which is a clear fruit spread made from cooked fruit juice and a little bit of sugar and possibly pectin. The pectin is what helps it gel and thicken, but it's also what turns it into a jelly and makes it harder to spread on your toast, your biscuit, or your English well, muffin. Well, this is why you just get the squirt bottle, and you don't have to worry about spreading it with the knife. Just you get are a the monster. Squirt bottle. It's, you it's, are a monster. It's the best thing ever. Just You're get disgusting. the squirt bottle. It makes everything so much easier. Jams then, and jelly. All right, go ahead. All right, I got a couple players on my jams list Did right now. Did you open now. up your book? <laughs> yeah, then my, I got a new book because I'm writing stuff down now. Book. I'm writing stuff down so that I can remember it, so that I can say it on the show, so that you get all my brilliance. See, the problem with this show over the past couple of years is that I have not gotten to speak enough, and, and it's because sometimes <laughs> yes. I don't. That's a huge problem. I think no, I should speak is. more. Um, all right, jams. Number one, Terry Rozier has just, I think, floored me with his ability to command this offense so early. He doesn't suffer from any confidence issues, and he's coming in here and doing a little bit of everything, rebounding, uh, transition, half-court offense execution, interior passing. He's been a great interior passer. He gets in the lane and then gets it to guys like Cody and Miles and Dwayne Bacon for buckets. Uh, Devontae Graham on my jams list. This jam is okay. – uh, 
PG, peach. This is a peach jam because it's PG flavored. Devontae Graham uh, doing better and better as this preseason has gone on and, and getting buckets for himself, as I said previously. And then finally, P.J. Washington. Oh, boy. P.J. has mm-hmm. been fantastic. I think he's earned a starting spot. I think he's earned all of the, uh, as Rick Bennell said, the glowing talk from James Borrego. P.J. Washington has been fantastic. All right, inject me with the pectin that does make these players jellies, Doug. What do you got for We've already talked about one guy, Miles Bridges, uh, not shooting the basketball very well. That has to improve. He's doing he's doing generally the same things that he's done on the boards, but he's not a lot of second chance points. Right now only averaging a point and a half off second chance opportunities. You want to see him do a little bit better in that arena, sort of take over the MKG role for the Hornets in that respect. And then Caleb Martin, he started to get on my jams list. He was like right there in the preserves That's lane. a surprise. I'm su- Did he go all the way south enough to become a yeah. jelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. doing kind of boneheaded things in that game against the Grizzlies. I mean, look, you know, the margin of error for some of these guys that are fighting for roster spots or fighting to stay in Charlotte and not go to Greensboro is very thin right now. And I, I just don't think he played well. He needs, a, he needs a big game tonight to get back into the jams list. And then finally, Jelly, you know who it is, Malik Monk. Giving up on defensive possessions. Meanwhile, he's just an okay three-point shooter. I don't understand it. I'm watching Carson Edwards for the Boston Celtics knock down three-pointers from everywhere in the gym. And then Tyler Hero starting a game 5 of 5 from beyond the arc. Rookie from Kentucky. Highlights everywhere. And thinking, that's all I've ever wanted. That's all I've ever wanted from Malik Monk. And I can't get it. Instead, I'm stuck with this, this jelly. We have a Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content. Patreon.com slash LOH. Again, Patreon.com slash LOH. For just a buck, you can help keep our hive alive. Am I being too hard on him? Malik Monk? Yeah, am I being, I am I being too... Uh, I'm trying not to... I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to step back and watch the game and watch what's happening and be objective and not to try not to get too emotional about this, but I'm, but I'm frustrated. Man... I want Malik Monk to be so good. (laughs) There was somebody that I think it was one of these basketball accounts on Twitter that put up a highlight reel of him scoring 47 points against North Carolina where he just could not miss no matter how hard he, how many shots he put up, he could have tried to miss and could not have done it and ends up with 47 points and Malik Monk. He's got a couple quarters, right? Like he's got, he's got a couple of Milwaukee games. He's got two Milwaukee games for us where he caught fire, and for some reason it was the Bucks that set him off. And after that, I mean, it's just been too inconsistent. You know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not angry at you, Doug. I don't think that you're going too hard on him. I think you're fine. I think that's fine. Uh, no more Bojangles in the Spectrum Center. Find out what replaces it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Final question for me. Uh, when you're in Pauly's Island, could we describe you as sassy? When am I not sassy, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. No more Bojangles in the Spectrum Center. It is gone. I'm sure what? that'll make North Carolinians everywhere angry because now not only do you have to watch a rebuilding basketball team, but you can't eat chicken supremes while you're doing it. And I'm you know sure what? I'm that's going to make people it. angry. I'm fine. You're cool with, with Bojangles being gone? 
I think Bojangles has gone downhill. I know this will make Nada happy if he's listening right now. He's probably giggling to himself because he's been yeah, a Bojangles hater. hater for a long time. I have tried to stay on the Bojangles boats, the biscuit boats, if you will. Well, what's changed to make it go downhill? I mean, if it's gone well, downhill, then they, it means it wasn't ever good in the first place, right? No, I think it was good in the first place, and then they 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 went public and they tried to expand regionally, and then they had they tried to have plans to to uh, expand super regionally, and I just think the quality of food it just went down, 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 down. Whereas I think Chick Fil A has managed to do what is very difficult, which is to expand nationally and still maintain a, a quality level. Uh, may, maybe it helps that they're closed one day, uh, one day a week. Like they don't, you know, they just said, all right, maybe that helps cost savings uh, somewhere down the line and they can invest it back into the food quality. Uh, but I don't see, that's the other thing too. Like if you, if you ever got chicken tenders from Bojangles in the arena, they were awful. I mean, they just, they, you know, they had zero flavor. And I know Nada and others are probably saying, well, the ones you got in the restaurant had zero flavor too. Oh, okay, fine. But this seriously, the, the, the level of quality dropped even more dramatically and the price went up when you got into Spectrum Center. And I think it's, I think it's uh, you know, past time for, for someone else to give it a shot. Well, you just said a Chick-fil-A now joins as official partner of the Charlotte Hornets and will be in the Spectrum Center. Yep, both of these places probably overrated to me. Wow. Chick-fil-A, wildly overrated to me. And really? The, the line that is absolutely nuts in the drive-thru, There's a reason no for matter that. what time of day, it's, it's unnecessary. There's a reason for that. Because the, the food, waffle fries the food are good. The waffle fries are amazing. The food quality, again, is consistent across the board. They're nice to you. They have they figured out ways to make the, the drive-through no experience actually tolerable. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why lines are out the door because they're fantastic. Well, there's also reasons why people love Bojangles, right? But at the same time, it probably has gone down in quality a little bit. And so Bojangles, to me, it's it's also uh, the thing that I love about Bojangles. Their Cajun Club combo, absolutely amazing. Love that chicken sandwich. It's great. Also. I think the chicken is pretty good. Just, you know, getting the three-piece meal, I think that's fine. The, just, the chicken sandwich to me, is, it's not, it's fine. It's fine at Chick-fil-A. The hand-spun milkshakes are phenomenal. I will give them that. But other than that, the chicken, it's not worth waiting in line for that long. So what's a Levi Restaurant's chicken? Well, that's that's going to be your new chicken supplier for the 2018-2019 season, or 2019-2020 season, I should say. No, it doesn't. So Bojangles is gone. Chick-fil-A will be here, but not until the 2020-2021 season. So you've got one year where it's going to be Levi Restaurant's Chicken, and that's just going to be the same restaurant that you've ever gone to in the Spectrum Center that is not fast food affiliated. So gotcha. that's going to be the supplier. Yep, it's just going to be that for just the one year. So the deal provides Chick-fil-A with a branded royal box and digital signage at Spectrum Center. So you're going to see it all over the place, along with concessions. Branding starting again in 2020-2021 when Chick-fil-A begins being sold in the arena. The one question I've seen a lot of people ask, Doug, is about Sunday games. Will Chick-fil-A be open on Sunday no. games? And I would imagine they wouldn't. The answer be. is no, because they're in football stadiums across the 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 thing, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, that makes zero sense. No, I think there's one. No, okay, I'm not sorry. It's not across the nation. I think there is one in Atlanta's stadium. I think because there, you're right. Yeah, because it's it's located. I'm sorry, I, I spoke too I spoke too quickly there. So it's in Atlanta because they're based out of Atlanta. Or they're based out of Georgia. 
Well, you and just try to make it a little hotter than it actually was. Maybe yeah, you can also you can right. only get them during Thursday games or whenever there's an event in there that is not on Sunday. It, uh, you know, that's just that's their edict. That's that's what they do. They stick to it. And uh, so, yeah, Sunday games, no Chick-fil-A. Uh, so but Levi Resha. So it's apparently it's a rebuilding year for the food court as well. I love that. Mm-hmm. They go out, they get a veteran. Uh, you know, they probably got some draft picks in exchange for Levi Restaurant for taking on the contract of Levi Restaurants. So you take them on and then you wait and you draft Chick-fil-A number one overall next season. And you've got yourself uh, the, the start of a uh, possibly uh, a playoff team in the food court. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll talk about the Charlotte Hornets and Detroit Pistons game tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network.